0: Hi, I'm Hattie Crisell, the Acting Features Director of Grazia magazine and this is Grazia Life Advice. It's the podcast where each week I speak to women worth listening to, asking them to share six pieces of brilliant advice and the worst piece of advice they've ever received. I don't mind saying that we've wanted to get this particular guest onto the podcast for ages and I was delighted when we finally made it happen. Bryony Gordon is the journalist and mental health writer with four books under her belt, including the 2014 memoir The Wrong Knickers and last year's Eat Drink Run, plus an award-winning and totally unprecedented interview with Prince Harry, who opened up to her about his own struggles with his mental health. She's a remarkable woman who never shies away from talking about her own highs and lows and has also amassed a huge social media following, in part because she's so honest about her body, which lets us all feel a little more comfortable with ours too. Now she's brought out a new book, You Got This, to share some of her hard-won life wisdom with teenage readers. Let me know what you think of the episode on Twitter or Instagram with the hashtag GraziaLifeAdvice. But for now, over to Bryony. Welcome, Bryony Gordon. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. It's very lovely to meet you and have you here. Very nice to be here. It's kind of a momentous day because you have just been followed by Sussex Royal on Instagram, which is the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Imminent news coming from them as we record this. Yeah. Obviously, your connection, your original connection to the Duke and Duchess of Sussex is that you did this award-winning interview with prince are we still allowed to call him prince harry we are aren't we
1: well i'm allowed to call him whatever i'm joking
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah was that um a kind of game-changing moment in your career doing that interview
1: well it was a game it was a game-changing moment and like my like i had signed up to do the marathon for heads together so this was like this was two years ago it came out and I had written about my mental health and had been invited to the launch of Heads Together, which is their mental health charity, um, as a journalist with an interest in mental health issues. And I said, oh, I'll do the marathon because I thought, oh, this will be a good, you know, this will be good for my head. This will be good, you know, like, why not? You know, and then met them a lot through that and through the work with Heads Together and then thought, I had this idea for a podcast and was like, I'll ask if he'll be the first person on it. I
0: was Straight like, what genius?
1: The, but I was like, what's the worst? that happens the worst is that he says no and i'm like and of course he's going to say no because he's prince harry and he's got way better things to be doing in his time than like talking to me on a podcast and then he said yes i remember the day i listened
0: to it i remember i was sitting waiting for a train listening to it and i was really surprised and touched by some of the things that he said it wasn't mm. i did not expect that level of openness no
1: i didn't either and i was very if i felt i felt quite like I mean, I say to him in podcasts, I was like, I just want to clutch you to my bosom because I, you know, A, for what he's been through, but B, also for, you know, he didn't have to go there. He didn't have to say the things he said. And also as a kind of, you know, recovering alcoholic, addict, bulimic, (laughs) you know, obsessive compulsive disorder... I've had what one might describe as a bit of a messy life um, and certainly not a perfect life. And so he chose to talk to me. For me, it was like, whoa, because I spent most of my life feeling like a piece of crap. Do you know Mm. what I mean? Like a lot of people do. And less than and not worthy and all of that jazz. So it was like, oh, oh, I'm okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously there's me going, oh my God, you know, this might be good for my career, but it wasn't the main benefit of it for you no it was like oh it's all going to be okay actually like it was that thing of like if you talk about it it's okay it's okay once you've got it out it's okay yeah yeah and that brings us on to the actual
0: reason we're meeting which is not for me to ask you questions about the royal family um but more because you have this new book out you got this which is aimed at am i getting this right it's aimed at teenagers yeah uh, and it's sharing some of the things that you wish you had known So it's
1: basically, I got sober a couple of, nearly a couple of years ago and um, I realised when I got sober that like I was, (laughs) I felt like I'd come of age at like 37, you know, most (laughs) people come of age at 17 or whatever and I realised I was like all of these things that I was learning about myself and also through working in the mental health community and having the great privilege to meet lots of other mental health campaigners and be sort of thrown into the deep end with these people and you know I was just learning all this amazing stuff and I was like god there were all the and also just from the the way that the world is now it's so much more inclusive and diverse and I I was learning loads of things from the young people I follow on Instagram like you know um slam flower and you know and and it, it was really inspiring to me and I was thinking god what an amazing time it is to be a young woman actually contrary to what everyone always says about you know I actually think it's really exciting and I was also thinking about my own daughter who's I mean she's only 6 but I was thinking like I wanted to write a book of all the things I wish someone had told me when I was like a teenager that I'm only really finding out now at 38 and I mean really it's aimed at teenage girls but really it was It was really like, you know, I wrote it for me, which sounds really selfish, but like that is basically that book is basically all the life advice I need, you know, and I need to remind myself of on a daily basis, even now at 38.
0: Oh, totally. I mean, I've read some of the book and it's full of things that I could do with a reminder of I think that yeah we like to think that it's just teenagers who need guidance but actually all of us are pretty much flailing around yeah and and teenagers can guide us well with that in mind let's get on with the advice Mm -hmm. um so your first piece of advice is
1: don't trash talk yourself Okay, because I hear people trash talking themselves all the time. Like I hear people go, "Oh, I've lost my car keys. I've lost my house keys. I'm so pathetic." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You just lost your keys. Like, Why? Well, well, you know, I'm, well, I'm a waste of space. I'm useless." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Guys, guys, calm down. It's just a pair of car keys or a house keys. We can we can change the locks. We can. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is not a reflection of you as a human being. You know. And but also it's that for me as a mother now." I, I really feel like I have to be really careful about what I say. So, for example, the other day, my daughter suddenly started going, I'm useless, I'm useless. Oh, no. She was frustrated about something and I realised that she probably heard me say that, you know, because I'm as guilty of this behaviour as, you know, so this is stuff I tell, this is my advice to me. Okay? It's yeah. not, I'm not so arrogant that I think I can actually give advice to anyone else because I'm, you know, in a constant state where I'm like, I don't, no, my ass from my elbow most days. But these are the things I have to keep telling myself. So, But then, similarly, I went swimming with my daughter. We go swimming. We were at the local leisure centre and we were getting changed. And I went, oh, my boobs are just, I was like getting changed. I was like, my boobs are so big. And she said, no, mummy, your boobs are exactly as they're supposed to be. We are all born as we're supposed to be born. And I was like, whoa. And I realised she probably heard me say, you know, that other stuff about accepting your body as it is. And I think it's really important that we... You know, for me, I really feel like the default setting for a lot of women is self-loathing, really. I mean, yeah. people, people describe it as self-deprecation, but I think it goes much deeper than that. And it's the same with like, I hear a lot of the time people, like I, for example, would say to you, oh, that's a nice dress. Mm-hmm. And... To your credit, you said, thank you. And that was it. And we kind of moved on. But lots of people would I'm go... i hugely arrogant. Oh, this, no. But this is the same <laughs> thing kidding. again. You're yeah. trash talking yourself. Like, you took a compliment. Yeah. Like, like, I'm really done with this theory that women are arrogant if they don't start doing themselves down. Like, no, this is ridiculous. This only harms us, okay? Yeah. I know it sounds like a small thing, but, you know... I remember a therapist once saying to me, you know, if you could just do nice things for yourself, you know, you may, it would be much better for your mental health. And I was like, if you think... She was like, go and get a manicure. And I was like, if you think getting a fucking manicure is going to sort out my mental illness, you are fucking crazier than I am. I was like, <laughs> fuck you. You know, because I have like quite crippling obsessive compulsive disorder and haven't been able to leave the house sometimes for quite a long period of time. Anyway, but I get it now. I get it. It's like, be nice to yourself. Yeah. Because... We all need self-esteem to function in a healthy way. And I realised that, like, I spent my whole life trying not to be me, you know, like hating on me, like that thing of what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like anything as long as it's not me. And there's this notion that I had to be someone else or I had to be something else, you know. We don't ever say to a kid, you can just be you when you grow up.
0: (laughs) But, you know, ironically, you have grown up to be absolutely you and your you-ness radiates out of you and you're not like anyone else and people love you for it.
1: But I've had to, that's what I've had to do. I've had to accept that that's the thing I'm best at. That's the thing we're all best at. It's not being me, obviously. (laughs) I guess I realised that every bad decision I made in my life came from not wanting to be me and not accepting me as I was. And it came from having bad self-esteem or no self-esteem. And all of the good decisions I make in life are, are the healthy ones. Like, I'm not going to drink 87 bottles of wine or pints of whatever tonight. I am not going to call up a drug dealer. I am not going to eat all the fucking food in the house. I'm not going to stay in bed in my own sweat and self loathing. I'm going to get up even though I don't fucking want to. All of those things come from wanting to look after myself, Mm -hmm. right? I'm really lucky to be alive and sitting here right now and talking to you because I put myself in some very, very dark, shady, seedy situations. And I'm sort of like now at 38. I want to look after myself. Mm. I I, want to start doing that. And I certainly don't want my daughter to grow up in a world where she thinks that having no self-esteem or bad self-esteem is... is the way forward because it's not right no more trash talking Um,
0: so your second piece of advice is about hormones
1: which which is basically don't dismiss the way you're feeling just because it's caused by hormones okay but what about when I'm the day before my period Mm -hmm. and I'm just irrationally
0: furious with everyone Mm -hmm. yeah surely I shouldn't listen to that
1: no, but you should you should accept it and acknowledge it and go. I'm feeling irrationally hateful towards everyone because I'm about to get my period, and I and you know the fact is you can't undo how you feel, yeah, right? Yeah. And I, it doesn't matter what has caused the feelings; you're feeling it. Okay? Yeah. So I'm not suggesting that you go out and start like murdering people. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying. But I'm saying don't go, oh my God, this is so stupid. Why am I thinking this? It's because my am getting my period. Don't do that. Again, it's like hormones are the most powerful yeah. chemicals known to humankind. And I'm not going to just ignore them just because they happen to be female ones. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when we do that, we dismiss the way we feel for basically three months of each year. If you think about the time we're going to be hormonal and premenstrual and all of that. Yeah, I'm not saying you indulge the way you feel. I'm not saying that you got start screaming around the office. But what I'm saying is that you go easy on yourself and go, Yeah, I'm about to get my period tomorrow. Of course, that oh yeah, that's why I'm feeling like this. And when you can do that, that often the feeling passes a lot quicker. Yeah. And there are ways you can do that, which is like I track my periods with apps, do you know what I mean? And I'm you know, and then I know, okay, my period's coming up, I'm beginning to feel I get very ragey. When I know I'm about to get my period, I'll perhaps maybe do some like running, do you know what I mean? Or something that just lets me get out the the angry energy. And then when I get my period, you know, like actually, I don't want to go out and hang out with someone who maybe my slightly pithy, dry, like slightly toxic, but very amusing friend. Like maybe I don't, maybe they're not the person I want to be going out to the pub with on the first day of my period, you know, or the day before I'm getting my period and it's just recognising that stuff and going, actually, I feel a bit shit today. So I'm going to, like, go home, get in the bath, watch whatever, you know, chill out, look after myself. And, you know, and knowing that you maybe won't feel that way the next day. And that's, that's for me, has been the most powerful thing that I've really learned through getting sober is that feelings change. Yeah. And that you're not stuck with that feeling. Because I used to think, when I felt depressed, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm, I couldn't see a way out of the depression. I couldn't imagine that I would ever not be depressed, yeah. you know. This is my life forever And now. I was so terrified of feeling anything other than happy, you know, that I would do anything not to feel happy, but in the process, making myself actually very unhappy. So yeah, so that's what I mean by respecting your hormones yeah. and not kind of doing yourself down because they happen to have been caused by your period. Yeah. You know, there's a reason that we get, you know, there's, a, there's this sound evolutionary reason that you probably get, you know, hypersensitive or... Yeah. And well, that's good. That's reassuring. But there will be—I don't know what it is—but <laughs> there will be a reason. That it's like there's a reason why we are hyper emotional when we're tired, and it's because our our body is putting us on alert in case we get eaten by a lion. Right. I mean, we're not going to get eaten by a lion because we live in England, Britain, UK. I'm just in case anyone's listening to get- this, I was like, unless someone is listening to this in the Masai Mara in Kenya, <laughs> in which case, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be careful. But they probably know how to respect the lives. But what I mean
0: is is that there is always a reason for that. And yeah. and it's nothing to be ashamed of, no, essentially. No,
1: no. Don't be ashamed. Actually, your third piece of advice <laughs> is about shame. Yeah. Shame dies when it's exposed to the light. That was something that I was told when I went to rehab. I was full of shame about the things I'd done in my cups, so to speak. So while I was drinking or drugging. But I was also just like, you know, it doesn't have to be even that extreme. Like I was, I was full of shame before I'd ever even picked up a drink. Do you Mm. know what I mean? Like I remember discovering like masturbation, you know, before I even knew what masturbation was really. And feeling like, wow. And then when I kind of clocked as to what it was being like, oh my God, I'm a terrible human being. And then you know, I had a lot of shame for a long time about that sometimes I'd, like, fantasise about women or, do you know what I mean? Or, like, I had a lot of shame about the amount I fantasised about my geography teacher or about... Oh, God, I hope he doesn't ever hear this podcast. (laughs) He's actually one of our most loyal listeners. (laughs) Um. but, like, I... You know, like, oh... And it was... You know, I didn't think I was supposed to be feeling that way. And also, I grew up when women, like... The shame stopped me from listening to my own wants and needs. Mm -hmm. But then the big thing that kept me... I think in alcoholism and addiction for a long time was the shame at the way I behaved. And what I'd do is I'd be like, oh my God, you know, I'd wake up, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm never doing that again. And then I'd be like, okay, like in this anxious anxiety about what have I done? And then I was like, oh, I'd just start drinking again to kind of just ignore the feeling, mm. you know, and then bury the shame. And I was like basically making this massive shame sandwich where I was just burying one shame under another and another and another. another. And I remember thinking when I went to treatment, I'm the only mum in the world who's done some of the things I've done and who, you know, and the first person I met in treatment was another mum who is now my bestest friend. you know, we had the same sobriety birthday, kids the same age. And I remember we had to sit and tell, like, part of the treatment was to talk about some of the terrible things we'd done. (laughs) And I remember thinking oh my god they're literally call the police they're gonna like they're gonna put me in a straight yeah, I don't know and they just were all like oh right yeah <laughs> underwhelmed yeah, they were like, yeah we've heard yeah we've heard you know what I mean like you know, and, and then I heard other people say, share similar things I'm like oh it's not just me you know and shame I was ashamed of my OCD I was ashamed of you know mental illness I always say it thrives on shame it thrives on silencing you it it wants you to feel ashamed it wants you to feel alone it wants you to feel like no one else is going to understand what you're going through or what you're experiencing and it's like an abuser you know and actually the moment that you and I really did discover this the moment that you expose that to the light it goes away Mm. so when you say shame dies
0: when it's exposed to the light do you think people should try and talk about the things that they're ashamed of is that the first yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Get
0: it out you there. don't have
1: to. You don't have to tweet. You don't have to put something on Instagram. You don't have to like, you know, announce it in the newspaper. No one does that, do they? <laughs> don't You know, to write a memoir about it? You don't honestly, have to write a memoir about it. <laughs> memoir about <laughs> it no, um, but you know, there are places and support groups out there for alcoholics and addicts you know 12-step fellowships and they're amazing places to go where you can expose your shame to the light and literally no one will judge you because they've all done it and worse Mm. and they're easier to find than ever now thanks to the internet and social media yeah yeah. So I'm quite a big advocate of that because I you know I think people do down social media a lot and there obviously are reasons to do it down which we I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment. However, <laughs> I prefer to focus on the positives. Yes. Yeah.
0: So now just to take a step to the negatives for your next piece yes. of advice.
1: Fuck filters. No hashtag no filter here. No filter. Why are you using filters on your face? And your body, your face and your body are wonderful and lovely. So I post quite a lot of pictures of my my body, but I'm not, like, if you don't know what I look like, I'm like a size 18 to 20. I'm a larger woman and... I post a lot of pictures in my underwear, but with the kind of cellulite, stretch marks, all of the that, normal that all The normal things 99% that 99% of people have under their clothes. Yeah. yeah. So once I posted a picture and you couldn't really see, the rolls were there, but you couldn't really see them because of the lighting. So I put a filter on that gave them more <laughs> shadows so you can see the rolls. <laughs> I'm like, I actually put a filter on to make myself look worse. But um, no, I don't use filters. And I, I'm not criticising people who do because it's a totally normal thing and... It's the kind of default setting is to is is to is to not default to how you look <laughs> and to put something on it, um, but I do think that it's like someone the other day I posted up a picture and someone said yeah but what if a. And I was like, hashtag no filter. And everyone's like, yeah, but what if a filter cheers you up? And I'm like, I will not allow my mood to be dictated by how I think I look to other people and by what people think of me physically. Like, I'm done with that. Mm -hmm. I am done with the tyranny of that. So I I, I will not, I will not allow it. I don't, like, it's really interesting. Like, I posted something the other day. I was feeling a bit low. And someone said, yeah, but you look, you know, you look amazing. You look beautiful on the plus side. And I'm like... Um that's really kind and I know they mean well but I I really think we need to focus less on the aesthetic the looks because we are more than that you know and obviously it's nice to look presentable like don't get me wrong I I like a lipstick I like a frock I like a but I'm not going to erase bits of my body that exist yeah like, I'm not saying like I, I know it's re- get that it's really fucking hard to love your body. I struggle on a daily basis. People often say to me, "I wish I had your confidence." I'm like, I don't have confidence. Confidence is a trick. Confidence doesn't exist. Okay, but what I do have is I do not want when the thoughts come in of oh you're fat, oh you're this. I just go well, hello thoughts and I let them drift away. Yeah. Right, and I'm not amazing. I'm not going to give them any credence because it's like. <sighs> there's just better things to be doing with my time yeah no, but do you know what I mean like I just I'm not I'm not I'm not buying into it anymore no
0: I love that we could all we can all definitely learn from your that.
1: beauty do you know what I mean like we are all miraculous the fact that we all exist is like fucking mind-blowing yeah you know and the universe wants you to be here it doesn't want you to look like Gigi Hadid or Kim, you know Kim Kardashian or whoever It wants you to look
0: like you yeah um Your next piece of advice, similarly, is your best is always the best.
1: Yeah, we're very sort of obsessed with gradings and rankings Mm. and the number of followers we get and failure and success. And I think, you know, other people have dealt with the kind of notion of failure, like Liz Day, you know, um, in much more depth than I have, But and I do. But what I mean is, is that I think that as long as you're trying your best – that is the best. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. Move on, you know. And I I interviewed someone last week who is reasonably, well, incredibly successful sportsman. And he had lost something and the whole country was cheering him on to win. And he said he could have, you know, like lost it and had, you know, be despairing. But he was like, I was trying my best and that's the best I can do. And um, all I can do is carry on trying my best. And the next year he won the thing that he'd lost. And the point is, is that it's not like you don't have to be quite... I hate... I really dislike people who talk in bests and favourites. Does that make sense? Like... You know, who's your best friend? Like, I have loads of friends, really close friends, but who's the best? Life is not an iTunes chart, a really brutal version.
0: That starts from a very young it age, does. doesn't it? Like, like what, who's your
1: best who friend? Who do you prefer? And what do you prefer? Chocolate or crisps? Or do you know what I mean? Or yeah. uh, broccoli or asparagus? I think it's a really harmful way of thinking. Like, we are, none of us, no one is better than anyone else. We are all the same, you know, a bit different. And all you can do is just try your hardest and that is all you need. You don't need a certificate. Yeah. You don't need a thousand billion followers on Instagram. Do you know what I mean? You don't need this notion that you always have to be at the top and, the da, 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 da. and it's like, what? where does it end? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's completely impossible. Um, your
0: final piece of good advice is kind of on a slightly different theme. Um, my final piece of advice is
1: that guinea pigs are great. Oh, <laughs> like well, you said like, oh, it's always, you throw in a curveball. So, um, we, we, <laughs> I've, I've never been able to look after myself, let alone a pet, but we got guinea pigs recently. We got two guinea pigs because you have to have two. There's, there's some country where it's illegal to have only one guinea pig really? because they get lonely. Oh,
0: what are they called? Your guinea pigs? Okay.
1: So my guinea pigs, guinea pigs are called Katie and Charlotte, but they're boys. Oh. oh I my daughter it. insisted that they were called Katie and Charlotte. She was <laughs> like, so I'm like, they're very I'm like, that's fine, Katie and Charlotte. <laughs> but they need to have company with each other. And they are quite clean. And they're also really they're on sweet. trend. Like I, I don't want to make a I don't want to make like a, a creature be trendy. I don't <laughs> I don't think that's nice, but you know, flea bag, it's a guinea pig cafe, yeah. isn't it? And they are hilarious and adorable they like break they dance they squeak they make the most incredible sounds when they get excited <laughs> they're very clever you hear you opening the fridge and they go because they know you're not now when I turn on the tap because they, they think they're getting fresh water they, me, me, me. <laughs> they give me so much joy it's very oh. simple like having those little simple pleasures in your life and looking after like they are kind of dep- you know what I mean like there's a really good le- like responsibility Yeah. Um,
0: I, well, I used to have guinea pigs in my flat because I used to live with my friend Sandeep and um, she had two guinea pigs called Belle and Sebastian.
1: Oh, very cool. And we
0: were convinced that they, you know, loved each other deeply. And then one day, sebastian they were both girls, by the way. One day, Sebastian died and oh, no. it turned out Belle had not liked Sebastian that much. Suddenly, Belle like, came into her own and became a much more sociable... Happy animal than she'd ever been before, right? So, okay, so maybe I've got it. I've just them- got another theory. That's all. Maybe they actually hate being in twos. Maybe you should take them apart and see how they. No, they're very happy. <laughs> Katie,
1: Katie, and Charlotte. They they literally they they spend most of the evening. It's called popping. I think that's what people call it. Popping because it's like like popping up and down. But it looks like it looks like guinea pig break dancing. And I have got them as well. Like, sometimes I put on Dolly Parton, here you come again, and they pop to it. They pop to it. (laughs) I'm like, what's better? You know, there's there's not much better apart from Harry and Meghan following you on Instagram. (laughs) You know, this is
0: the next best thing, guys. So finally, tell me the worst piece of advice you've ever heard.
1: Okay, that you know that thing where people go go with your gut feeling. I may have even said it in the in the in the interview the previous half an hour or whatever. Or go with your heart. Like I have had to learn to my cost to not go with my gut feeling <laughs> and to not go with my heart because my gut and my heart what they want they want me off in the pub standing on a table Mild. going wild throwing my clothes off calling up a drug t- basically they want me dead. <laughs> That's what they want and. I have had to learn and this is one of the things it's taken me ages to learn is like, you know, when you watch like Bodyguard or whatever, and they're diffusing the bomb at the end and they're like, there's like the red wire and the yellow wire and they're like, put the red wire in the, you know, in the, but uh, uh, you don't get them mixed up. <laughs> you're like, okay, cool. You were like, <laughs> I feel like my red and yellow wire were like mixed up at birth. Okay. So if I want to do something, I probably shouldn't do it, and if right. I don't want to do something, I should do it. So do you have to apply a sort of intermediary step now of like, gut instinct says I should do this. Gut instinct says I should, and... I should. Gut instinct says I should order eighty-seven burgers on Deliveroo. <laughs> mm, briny, really? My gut takes me to some very dark places.
0: <laughs> I love this because I've heard so many people say how important it is to go with go with your heart, go with your gut feeling. It's nice to it's nice to hear the other the other side of the coin. I think you're quite right. Um well thank you so much. All of your advice has been brilliant. Thank and you for having uh, me.
1: congratulations
0: again on the the new follow. Oh <laughs> right, not the book or yeah. Oh, oh, just,
1: and the do book. you know what? Congratulations everyone listening on just being you, on oh. existing, on turning up, on doing today. We all deserve a little pat on the back for that. I love that. You got this. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much to the brilliant Bryony Gordon. And you can buy her new book, You Got This, now. I hope you're loving the Grazia Life Advice podcast. Please help us out by subscribing, rating it, reviewing it, or sharing it. See you next week for more advice from women worth listening to.